Well, good morning. Good to see y'all. Yeah. Um, let's start off this morning a little bit different in the, in the word. And if anybody doesn't have a handout, please uh, raise your hand. Tim is back in the back. There's a good number up here. Tim. interns are going suffering for Jesus in Sweden. <laughs> oh yeah, where's this friend? John and Marcy McDermott. Yeah, yeah Marcy, got a big fan. I walked in the back of the church this morning, the worship team saw me come in and said, who are you? Introduce yourself. My name's Rick Sizemore, if you don't know that. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, the word the Lord put on my heart to share this morning was Holy Spirit, or for the Pentecostal in you, Holy Ghost, you know. And literally the title, you see the subtitle, Breaking Free of Trying to Live the Christian Life. One of the things that God has done in my life recently is just sort of reveal how I've tried to kick into trying to do the Jesus life, how to try to do ministry. And be honest with y'all, it gets about as sick as it can get. It really does. And uh, and what God has just really been doing in my life in, in the recent months is just literally an abandonment into the reality of who he is and how to walk in that place. Jim and I were, were hanging out, I don't know, a week or so ago, and Jim was just talking about, we were talking about this abandonment into the sensitivity of this Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I pray that God will grant some connection points that by faith you may partner with him. And there's a past scripture, go to the first slide, please, that I just want to use as a jumping off point. And then we're going to just do something a little bit different in this. Where it says, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Y'all, this is what we're designed for. Rivers of living water. God's not called us to just get by. And just, uh, you know, he's, he's called us to a life of abundance, abundant, a life of overflowing life. And, and notice what it says, but this he spoke of the spirit of whom those who believed in him were to receive. Interesting statements in there. It says, notice the first part in there in verse 39 is, he spoke of the spirit whom those who believe, so when you believe, you, you are indwelt with the Spirit of God. You're saved. You're sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. But notice what it says. To Him, those who believe Him, were to receive. Now, there's two different verbs there. Believing, which when believing, the natural result is you're sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit. But there's a facet of receiving of the Spirit of God. Well, that's where we want to go to today. Because that thing is, is that I've really realized in my own life, you know, my world is very, very complicated. You know, it's just very complicated. I don't want to go into details about it. It'll cause me to just have to deal with stuff. <laughs> but I just want to come here and just hide from the Spirit of God. But my world's really complicated. And there's a place of, that as I get into situations and circumstances, I can start to receive either the wisdom from the world 
or the wisdom or, or whatever of trying to deal with the situations and circumstances that I'm in. Sometimes you can be right and be wrong. Right, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff Rose and I had some really cool experiences about that. And the reality is when you get in these places and situations and circumstances where the world gets confusing, there's a place of receiving of the Spirit of God. You're receiving from him. And if you, here's the thing I found to be true. If you do not make a conscious choice to receive of the Spirit of God into the situation and circumstance when you're in, I guarantee you the world, the flesh in the world, will flood into your soul and seek to dominate everything about you. And God's calling us to go somewhere else. And so the best place and best way to do is to enter into a time about, about the Holy Spirit it's what the Holy Spirit's all about is, is just loving on Jesus. So we're just going to, you know, before I go another step in, in preaching, I just, we're just going to worship some more. Is that cool with y'all? Yeah. We're just going to love on Jesus. Uh, he loves us. He's committed his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And not only that, he died for us, but he gave everything that he had. So let's just love on him. Amen. Let's go to that. Jesus, we just want to come to just honor you. Well, we don't want to get caught into the just religious trap of trying to get by. But we want to live life in love and fullness and freedom. Uh, we want to walk in the fullness of your love and the fullness of your spirit. Lord, we know that your word tells us that those who, according to the Spirit, have set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So, Lord, it would be fruitless to sit here soulishly to talk about you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just want to enter into that place to, to just seek and receive spiritual revelation, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Yeah. Breathing in life. 
Oh, Father, you've sent, you've sent your, the Spirit of your Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Lord, you're, you're giving right and working of your Spirit to draw us back to yourself. Lord, to reveal to us and declare to us that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, all that prepared that you have prepared for those who love you. For those who love you. And you declared you have revealed it to us through your Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh, Lord. Lord, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God, so that we may receive the things freely given to you, given by you to us. Freely. depths, Lord, we come. From the depths, from the innermost being, Lord, we come. Allow the Spirit of God to go into your depths. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Receive it. Receive him. Receive him. Oh, let down the walls of shame and fear. Traditions of men. From the back to the front.
You got a song in your heart, let it flow. Out of the body, you don't need to worship team. Nobody knew what I was supposed to was going to speak this morning, in fact, except for Paula. But uh, something just came that is just really relevant. Yeah, so Jenna got a word this morning. She had a vision, and she isn't here, and she told it to me, and so she asked that I would read it to everybody because it is very relevant. Um, and it was just, she saw the Spirit of God descending like a gust of circular wind in the middle of the sanctuary. He was going around to the people who seek the one God. Then he reached out and touched the temples on both sides, and he imparted wisdom and discernment to them. That's what's happening. Come to be seated. Second Kings chapter five. Did you notice there are no references to Second Kings chapter five in your notes? But I need to say this and share this. I don't know. This is a word for the Lord for somebody in this room right now. And uh, five eleven. This is this is about Naaman. Who Naaman was a was a warrior. I forget what nation he was a warrior with, the Arameans, I believe it was. And uh, he had contracted uh, leprosy. And so through roundabout, he had, there was a word given to him through, I think, his servants about to go send word to Elisha that he may he pray for him and bless him and he would, that he would be healed. Well, Naaman comes to him and, and he's expecting him. Be, well, you'll see what he expected here in a second. But he, he comes to him, and all Elisha does, he just sends word with the servant, tell him to go dip seven times in the River Jordan, and he'd be healed. He gets fired up. He says, how dare you send me to go to the River Jordan? And that's not even where he's from. And to be dipped, to dip seven times. And notice in this verse 11, it says, but Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over, over the place and cure the leper. Man, notice what it says there. I thought. I thought. Two of the most deadly words to us. I think. I thought. Well, that's what it said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. It says, you know, do not lean on what? How close was, was, was a, uh, Naaman to missing healing from God because he thought. 
I thought the Holy Spirit would do this. I thought that the Holy Spirit was like this. No. He's God, and he does what he wants. And when he tells you to do something like go dip seven times in the River Jordan and be healed, or Jesus spitting in somebody's eye and they would be healed, I thought it would be different. You know, I'm a God, God's saying something to somebody in this place, and he's saying to you, God, God's saying things to you, and you're thinking, and God's saying, just listen. Just obey. And stop saying, I thought. Especially when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If y'all need to go and sit down, I think this is cool. I think. They're listening. Y'all keep listening. Man. Weird. Okay, let's go on. Because Ben's got something we'll set the stage for. The Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water out of our being. It's a ministry of God. And this is talking about some things that you and I, that we may put our faith in. Because faith comes by hearing and by hearing what? The Word of God. And how you connect in with God is by faith. That's how. Those who come to God must come to him in spirit and in truth. And what? Father, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. So how we connect in with God is within his truth. And so God, today, I'm going to share some characteristics of the one who is living in you right now, the third person of the Trinity, in you and I. I could speak for days about this subject. About him. Sorry about calling you a subject. But the one. And notice... Yeah, and so I just want to share some things. When we start talking about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is the presence of the living God. Notice in, in second, in first, oh, somewhere in John 14, yeah, and also in St. Corinthians. But notice in John 14, Jesus, just when he goes, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, the Greek word for comfort, one called alongside. He'll give you another, Greek word there, alas. Alas, there's two Greek words for another, heteros and alas. Heteros is another of a different kind. Alas, another of the same kind. The word for here is another, is another of the same kind. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Another, just like me. And I know that's what he was trying to do. He's comfort the disciples. He's just getting ready to tell them, but I'm leaving you. But there's somebody coming. There's one coming who's just like me. He's coming. And he, that he may be with you forever. See, this is totally different. Because the Spirit of God would leave in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Like the Spirit of God left David, I mean left uh, Saul. And the Spirit, a demonic spirit was sent to torment him. The Spirit of God was, would, would be on people for a particular purpose, but not so for us. This one whom God has sent is in us for how long? Forever. He's in us. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. That's why the world looks at us, y'all, and they think, we're, they think we're crazy. I mean, really. They really do. But guess what? That is okay. Really. I mean, really. It is okay. It is okay. But it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you. But guess what? He will be what? In you. 
God's presence in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Go to the next slide, please. Just as God said, I will dwell in, I, I, God, I will dwell in them and I will what, walk among them. There's two facets of the presence of God right there. God in us, God among us. God was walking among us. He is among us right now, but he was ministering during worship and he was trying to touch people's temples and saying, you know, hear, hear, don't think, receive. Don't think, receive. Now, I'm not telling you to put your minds in neutral and God's God is just telling you to be mindless. But don't try to analyze situations and circumstances how God's going to do stuff. Never grasp it. But guess what? We're talking about the Holy Spirit as God's presence among us and God in us. Let that revelation really be in you. We're not something we're talking about. It's him in us, him among us. We're not, we don't want to talk about him like he's not in the room because guess what? He's in the room. Holy Spirit is in us. In fact, like we just read in John 7, 38 through 39, go to the next slide, please. He is the flow of life. And I just ask you today, receive. Consciously choose today that you will make a life to receive of the, of the reality of the spirit of the living God. And uh, I believe this, if you can, your life will forever be changed. Now, I, I really ask you this, though. Now, take away your parameters of how you think the Holy Spirit will work. You know, because he can start to do things that will blow your doors off. You know, in places and ways that you don't want, you may not want it. It will bust your bubble. You know, of, of expectation. On it, baby. On heat. Yeah. And I can tell you story after story of people who thought they had God figured out. And how he just rearranged the totality of their life. That's why I use the phrase messed up on Jesus. Because it's like Jesus. You get your life all ordered in nice lot of papers on your desk. And all of a sudden, he comes along, and he comes along, and he fixes your desk, and he goes, and everything goes up in there, and you're going, okay, God. I mean, like Paula, she thought she had it figured out. She married a, a nice Christian guy, businessman in Okeechobee, Florida, where we built our own house, and that's where we'll be the rest of our life. And all of a sudden, I walked in, and I said, babe, I think God's calling us to go to ministry full, sell out and go to ministry full time. And that's why she looked at me and said, you know, that's good, Shane. I'll be here when you get back. Because Why? <laughs> God was totally rearranging her life. Her brothers have lived in the same house for, dude, a long time. That's the normality for her life. But how many times have we moved? How many times has Simona's had to move us? That, I mean, he probably would sue me because of his back surgery because I probably contributed to part of that. You who he helped move, you ought to thank me because that's where he learned how to do it. Because God, he's a, he's a flow. The Holy Spirit is the flow that just, he moves and he goes. He's the one. He's God's presence in us. But he's also, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. Because it's the truth that will do what? He is the one who's in us, that's constantly set about to let us discover the realities of truth. Early in my life, I made a decision that I believed without a shadow of a doubt that in his word, 
was everything pertaining to life and godliness. You know, a lot of people ask me, says, well, do you, well, what do you do to memorize scripture? Well, I don't. I have spent time trying to memorize scripture. But you know what? When you discover and you believe convinced without a shadow of a doubt something is life, you know what? You're, if you're desperate, you will saturate yourself with that which is life. Well, thy word is truth, and the Holy Spirit is constantly revealing the reality of the truth of the living God, his word. He's constantly speaking to us, as you see in his word, he's constantly speaking to us about whose we are. Behold, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. He's wanting you to forever know that you're, you are somebody's. This morning, I'm just getting ready, and I'm hearing the Holy Spirit go, Abba, Father, down in me. I'm going, oh, that's so cool. And I just, I, I warn you, because most of the time, he's speaking it in a way to awaken the sensitivities in you. He doesn't normally blow you out. Now, he does moments, he does do that. You know, I mean, he does do that. But normally, he wants to awaken your sensitivity, and he's speaking quietly to you. He's revealing whose you are and who you are. For it says, God has spent the spirit of him, himself, testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Who am I? I'm, I'm never forget this. Recently, I was, I was walking up Dubrovnik, Croatia. It's a city of steps. Seems like everywhere you go, you're going up steps. Even if you had gone up them before, it seems like you're going to go up to go down. I mean, it's crazy. Steps everywhere. But I'd gone for a walk, and I was headed back, and I was just, I wasn't, I'll be honest with you, I was, I'd been walking, and I was kind of tired, and I wasn't thinking big spiritual things. I really wasn't. And, and you know, I was just, they were filming Robin Hood, the movie Robin Hood there. Last year, they filmed the Star Wars there, so it's really cool. And so, because uh, two years back in fact, I got there to do other was filming movies. So I was coming back after sneaking around looking and filming this movie. And uh, uh, walking up the steps, and all of a sudden, ever so faintly, I hear, I love you. And I'm really, to be honest with you, it was spoken in a way that I had the temptation to just kind of just go on. And, you know, you know the old saying that I use, give expression to an impression, you become more impressionable, and I'm going, ooh, I better I, I stop, stop. And so I go, okay, Lord, is that you? I love you. And then uh, all of a sudden, he goes, yeah. And then he starts to download stuff revelations of truth. The Holy Spirit just opening up. And it just started. And it really just blew me out of the water to think that I could have passed it by. I could have passed him by. He was speaking and all. He was calling me. He was wooing me because you give expression to an impression. You become more impressionable. And so you give expression. So he's revealing truth constantly. Whose you are. Who you are. He's constantly revealing to you all truth. What does it say in John 16, 13? But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's the confidence, y'all, that you can have that God does not want you into, in the dark. 
His heart is to reveal to you not some things, but all things. And you've heard me say that before. All truth. He'll not speak on his omniscience, but whenever he hears, he will speak. He's not a deaf mute, y'all. <laughs> He's in you. The spirit of your father who is in you will speak. Jesus said that in John 10. John 12. I mean, Matthew 12. Constantly speaking, revealing to you truth. And notice what he's doing. He's about all things that the Father has are mine, and therefore I said he takes of mine, and he will disclose it to you, reveal it to you. He'll reveal it to you. He'll give it to you if you'll just listen. Feel or see. And guess what? There's times, too, y'all. I'm watching John 14, 26. Notice this reality. But the helper, the comforter, the one called alongside the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And by the way, I honestly believe that he'll teach you whatever field of, of profession that you're in. Construction? Furniture store? <laughs> you know, whatever you're in, he'll teach you. I hold this song, Isaiah 48, which says, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you how to profit. That's my conviction for business. He'll teach you how to profit. All I need is the Holy Spirit. Well, and, I, and I need to listen. And then, and then, then, like I've heard many times, and don't you remind me of this, but how many times that I, the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife, or my wife sounds like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> But notice what it says. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. Have you ever been doing that and all of a sudden you're going, just you're, you're, whether you're doing something obscure or you're studying or you're in a quiet time and, and all of a sudden you go, oh man, I remember, I remember this, this parcel of scripture will come to your mind. And that's the Holy Spirit trying to call it up. Call it up. Because he's calling to remembrance things that you've been diligent to pack, pack into your heart. Thy word to be hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. He'll, you hide it in your heart. He'll go at the appropriate time. He'll bring it up. There's passages of scripture that all I've memorized that, you know, that I got down in my heart that I didn't know what in the world it meant. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Holy Spirit will show you I cannot tell you how many times I've been awoken, waken, which one? Waken from a dream. And the Lord just downloads revelation of a particular, you know, thing. And I wasn't even thinking about, quote, theology or whatever. He just downloads it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yay. Because the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. He is God's presence in us, but is also the guide and the power to live life. Now, here, y'all, make a decision right now that you're not going to hear this just in your head, but you're going to go, okay, God, change my life. Stuck in your temples of your head, and you're going, okay, 18-inch journey from the head to the heart. The power, the guide, and the power to live life. Here's why. Go to the next slide, please. For all who are being led of the Spirit, these are the sons of God. You know, you know in dwelling place, we've been doing this 
I've been started this process of writing a book called The Heart of the Matter. And in The Heart of the Matter, it talks about the heart of the son or daughter of God. And that we're literally, when you're after your, before you come to know Jesus, you have the heart and the nature of the devil. But then after you're born again, you take on the nature of the son of God. But your problem is you got the heart of either an orphan, slave, or a child, or what God's calling us and birthing us into as a son or daughter of the Most High God. It's like in Matthew chapter 5 or 6 where he said, talked about love your, love your enemies and those who bless those who persecute you so that you may become sons of God. See, for by grace are you saved through faith. You're saved through faith. But literally what God does, he births in you the heart of a son. And it's the adversities of life that birth in you and I the heart of a son or daughter of God. And one of the things that marks the characteristic of a son of God is being what? Led of the what? Spirit. I remember Mitch and Leah and the rest of the crew that with them were doing the internship program. And they would say to me, don't look at me like that. <laughs> you look like that. They would say to me, they would say to me, uh, they go, Rick, just tell us what to do. Just sit around the campus and tell us what to do. And I said, no. Go out and listen to the Spirit of God. And they would get mad at me. I don't know if you remember that. But they would, they would get agitated with me. Tell us what to do. I mean, they were good-hearted children wanting to do right. And I'm putting them out on the edge, and I say, listen to the Spirit. And it's because those who are led of the Spirit, those are the sons of God. I remember one time I was with Mickey Evans down in Florida, and I was praying about a situation and circumstance, and he, he sent me into his office, and he said, uh, go, journal, go journal about it. And I go, I said to him, Mickey, I just don't know if I can trust myself to hear the Lord on this. And he quoted this verse to me. Those who are led of the Spirit, those are the sons of God. Not a child, not a slave, not an orphan. Sons. Led of the Spirit. Paying attention to what you hear. Paying attention to what you feel. What do you see? And that's, man, that's one of the most powerful things. Y'all, that's one of the big. I'll be honest with you, that's one of the biggest things that God's done in my life the last six months. Paying attention. Because I'll be honest with you. I realized that what I had done, I had slipped into my heart, was thinking and operating like a child. How do you know a child? One of the ways you see a child is how they act. The fruit of the Spirit is not present in their life. Because those who are led of the Spirit, those are sons of God. Listen to him. Listen. I'll never forget one time I was walking down in the woods in Florida. In the middle of a swamp. I'm walking through the woods. I was following this guy. He had a shotgun and we were quail hunting. We we're following along. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, he turns left. He goes that way. And I start to step forward. And all of a sudden, I hear something say, Look down. And I look down. I'm seriously about from me to Paula, right, at my, right in front of me. All of a sudden, there was a six foot rattlesnake sitting there. And I just froze and I go, Oh, that's a gym. Shot it and killed it. I'm serious. I couldn't hold it up, and it was, was was as long as I was. What was that speaking to me? That was the Holy Spirit. Look down. That's in relationship to being in the woods in relationship to snakes. But how many times you, in your life that all of a sudden you hear the Spirit of God say, "Stop here." 
speak to this person. Do this. Do that. And y'all, many times we want to we want to be, we want to hear the Spirit of God on the big things. But let me tell you something. How you train your ear to hear the Spirit of God on the big things is in the little things of life. And that's why he does it. That's why it talks about in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says, The Word of God is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good from evil. Let of the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. He is our guide. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What he hears, he will speak. He is constantly in that place. He's the one who empowers us. In Galatians 2.20, go to the next slide. For, for I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer I who live. Uh, don't let that sink in. In fact, to be honest with you, we could stop right here and we go, we could, we could call the work, we could call an altar call right now where God's calling you and I to, to really surrender your life, that you are the one, not the one who lives. But it's who? What? Christ who lives in you. I mean, you got to make a choice right now before we go any further. Are you going to make a decision? Are you going? Do you want the Holy Spirit to invade your life, and do you want him to lead your life well, then you've got to make a decision right now. It's not you who lives. It's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you now live in this physical body, you will live by faith in the what? In the Son of God who, what, loved you and gave himself up for you. That's why he said, that's, no, you've got to hear that. That's why you can know you don't have to live it, y'all, because he's saying, I love you this much. I died. I gave myself up for you. I delivered myself up for you. How much more with me, with my life, will I freely give you all things? So guess what? That's a pretty good gamble. You, that's a pretty good one to exchange. Exchange your control, your car keys of your life, and say, even though you know Jesus in your own way to heaven, but guess what? You don't have to go to hell to get to heaven. Because some of you are living in hell right now, and God's calling you to turn loose of the crap that you've been holding on to. Your ways are killing you. Guess what? I know. How do I know? You want to, I'll turn around and show you the butt sticking on my butt because I did it my way and it don't work. So he's the one who empowers us to live life. He's the one who empowers you to overcome addictions or whatever. He's the one who empowers us in our relationships. What does it say in Galatians 2.20? For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith. You don't, you don't know you have enough faith? Guess what? Just walk in the Spirit. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Depend on the Spirit of God. Guess what? Everything you need in a relationship is in the Spirit. And I just want to say this is very, very important. Last phrase in that. Against such things, there is no what? Law. In other words, there's no external standards that you set up to do and obey. I just want to say something, y'all. Don't let prayer become an object of law. Don't let worship become an object of law. That if you do this, you, you will be blessed. Now, prayer changes things. No, prayer does not change things. Jesus changes things. You hearing me? The word of God, guess what? Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. You search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. 
It is these that bear witness of me, but you're unwilling to come to me. How many times we just open our Bible to, to do our religious devotion? Okay, let me, and y'all heard me say it, you know, okay, let me open my Bible, do the thing, do the religious thing, and read a verse, and okay, let me meditate on a second. Oh, therefore I've done the religious thing. No. You can, this bears witness of him. Guess what? It's the opportunity for me to tune in to him. Prayer is a method of getting to him. It's not the answer. He's the answer. Prayer is what I respond to him, how I come to him. Worship is the doorway that I can come and partner with him and acknowledge who he is. The word of God is, is an avenue to go to him. It's his words. It's his love letters. And many times we think of these things like, like Paula writes me a love letter, and I'm sitting there more focused on the love letter than her. When it's all about her or him. Fruit of the Spirit. Ben had a word here that's really relevant in this. Speak it. You know, in 1 John it says, um, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And, you know, as we were singing that song, you know, Jesus, I love you, and oh, how we love you, I just felt like um, there was maybe just some condemnation that there was not, we could not confidently say that we love you. And I felt like it was specifically because of 1 John 4.20, it says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. That's pretty, pretty strong language, you know? But I felt like, you know, the good news is also what we sang about, that he delights in showing mercy. And there's mercy and grace available to us where we've hated our brother, where we've simply not loved our brother, accused our brother, pointed our finger, judged our brother. We can come before his throne of grace with confidence to receive mercy and to find grace to help in a time of need that we would confidently say, Jesus, we love you. When you start to sow into the Spirit and your relationships, you reap. The Holy Spirit will reap into that. It says in Ephesians 4, 29, do not, or 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, like when Shay and Michelle were in our home and Shay would say something about Michelle or do something to Michelle to hurt Michelle, as a father, my heart would be grieved. But then if you let me you let Shay start to bless into Michelle, and guess what? My heart is to bless into it, empower it. And that's what Ben's talking about, to release, to release the stuff that would hinder your relationships so that the Holy Spirit will come in and empower your relationships and empower your life. And that's what Ben is sharing in that. I just want to say this, too. The Holy Spirit is so powerful that his heart is to fill your gaps. Look at this passage in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. 
Notice this next phrase. You heard me speak this before. For we do not know how to pray as we should. You ever thought about it? You ever felt like you didn't know how to pray? I remember the time that Michelle was about two, and we were in Big Stone Gap, and Paula had gone away for a weekend retreat, and she, Michelle had the chicken pox, I think it was, and came back, and I mean, about the very moment Paula gets back, and Michelle's fever shot up really high, and she went into convulsions, and we took her to the hospital, and we're scared, and like, you know, like, and they took, we got to the hospital, and they took her temperature, and it was like 106, like one. About 30 minutes later, it was like 106, six. I'm going, we're going the wrong way on this. And, and I, y'all, I didn't know how to pray. I have to confess. That's like when I, and that's why, you know, like I, my cousin walked in who I knew was a, a man of God. I said, Earl, you go pray. But also in those times that you don't know how to pray, the Spirit himself will pray. How do you partner with him? Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Y'all remember me telling you that like the time a friend of ours, Linda McGlamory, she her father died at like 40. She's sitting at the funeral. She's sitting at the funeral, you know, right there along the graveside, grief settling on her soul. And all of a sudden she hears the spirit of God tell her, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. She said, God, God now? Yes, pray in the spirit now to yourself. So she just started going, Shandaka. Just praying in her heart. Praying, praying quietly, not in her heart, but with her mouth, just quietly under her breath in the spirit. And all of a sudden, as she prayed in the spirit, all of a sudden she felt the spirit of God, just the peace of God, just flood her soul. Peace of God, guarding her hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh my, the spirit of God is in you in the situation and circumstances you're going to. He wants to stand in the gap for you. He intercedes for you. The things that are lacking in your heart, he'll he will fill the gaps. He'll empower you. And not only that, y'all, in the things that he's the destiny he's called you into and I called, it, called us into, in the ministries, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Y'all, you and I can have confidence. Wait a minute. Wait, I'll quote a passage to you this week. The Lord answered me. Philemon 1, 1, 6. There's only one chapter, but Philemon 6. I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective. You know, the interaction of your faith. As you're stepping out in places, that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. The knowledge of every good thing that is in you. Well, guess what is in you? The Holy Spirit. So guess what he says? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. For the common good. I just want to say this to y'all. Whatever circumstance or situation you're in, guess what? The Spirit of God can manifest whatever it is that that person needs in front of you. You know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues, interpretation. Now, that'd be weird. They must not awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, the listless of the Lord. You know, maybe. I don't know. Prophecy. Healing. Gifts of healing. Whatever it is. The Spirit of God will power and give into those situations and those circumstances. Not on the mission field, not here in the service. Guess what? The best places is in, is in the grocery stores or in the, 
you know, hitchhiker you pick up, hitchhikers are targets, y'all. I'm serious. They're targets. They're opportunities to minister to Jesus into. They want to ride? Guess what? They're going to get it. They're going to ride. <laughs> Many of y'all call me. I talk on the phone. I said, just a second, man. I got I to deal with something. <laughs> Stop, pick somebody up, and here we go. My ladies, I don't say that necessarily to you, but. But the Spirit of God directs your ministries and empowers your ministries. But notice this. I just want to say this. He's the power. He is the power of it. And notice what it says. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, what is that? Well, this is what it is. You shall receive power when? When the what? Holy Spirit has come what? Upon you. So you know you're in the dwelling place. The Spirit of God's in you. He indwells you. But guess what now? The Holy Spirit wants to empower you in the ministries you do. The biggest turning point in my life in relationship to ministry was when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's when the words that I would say would no longer just come out and be good words. But there was power there was force behind it or you know where you can walk into situations and it causes demons to kind of manifest praise God for those things I'll be honest with y'all can we agree that our services will not be so quiet we have not had a demon manifest in a service in a while <laughs> I'm serious I mean Jesus showed up demons manifested you're free to manifest any of you please I know that's Mitch, you know, St. Rick. You know. <laughs> no, there's nothing like people getting set free. I, I love it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that changes and affects things. Jim and I was talking about, you know, we've, we've been operating in authority in the area of healing and stuff like that. But what we need, we just need some all-out power manifesting. We need the power of God. I think we got sophisticated a little bit, y'all. Y'all remember the Sundays? I, I, you know, I got a distinct memory of you. You remember the Sunday, y'all, that we were we were trying to do church and we kept carrying people into the rock because we really believed that God was telling us to preach, but people kept getting drunk and touched and by the power of God, and so we just had bouncers that carried people out. You remember that? And I remember Jim Ebel. He was <laughs> Jim. He wasn't messed up. But I remember him just walking around across the back of the sanctuary. And, and I was up front here. I'm going, where are you going, Jim? And he goes, I want back. <laughs> you were welcome too, brother. <laughs> power of God. And y'all, I just want to say this. To have the power of God cannot be what we think. So, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, God's presence in us. He's a revealer of truth. He's the power and the guide of life. And he is the one who directs and empowers our ministries. Yeah, Jesus. Hosanna. Dude, y'all still there. Are you out? 
Let's take out your guitar. Are you too tired? Yeah, you are. I want to, I know we're supposed to pray for some people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to pray for some people to be filled with the Spirit. It says, be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Y'all, and so, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit is a thing that y'all, that is, that is an event that's subsequent to salvation. And I don't have time to go into all the theology of it, but, you know, there's a, decept, there's a deception that's said in the, the circles that I came out of that would say that, oh, when you, when you get saved, you receive all the Holy Spirit you ever receive. Well, there's seven different facets of the Spirit of God that responds to the believer. Sealing, earnest of the Spirit. Uh, sealing's ownership, earnest of spirits, down payment of future inheritance, anointing of spirits, it sets apart, there's indwelling of the Holy Spirit. All four of those occur at salvation. But there's walking in the Spirit. Guess what? There's times you walk in the Spirit and there's times you don't walk in the Spirit. I wish we could pray over everybody here about walking in the Spirit. I know Paula would receive that for me. You know, there's walking, there's filling of the Spirit, which is the result of. Do not be drunk with wine where it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's a facet that if you're tired, you're weary, you're, 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 you're just weary. We just want to pray over you. God would stir up the Spirit of God who is in you. Stir it up. But there's some of you, you know that God has something more to you to affect lives. And that's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so George is going to be over here. And he's going to pray for baptism in the Holy Spirit people. And we're going to pray for people that want to just be, just want to be, they're just tired of themselves and their circumstances, and you want to see the ministry of the Holy Spirit live in their life and affect your life. Jesus. Let's just set a heart on the Lord. You don't have to stand. Lord, we just uh, ask you to forgive us. Lord, we write it on our door above our door that we want to make a difference by pursuing your presence. Lord, forgive us that we would want to make a difference by pursuing our understanding. We pursue how to figure it out. Lord, we want to use our resources. We want to use our intellect. We want to use our uh, abilities. Our gifts, Lord, rather than just a simple dependency upon the spirit of the living God. Lord, I want to just sing, Lord, uh, and I know I can't do it. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Lord, as a body and dwelling place, we just want the realities of you, Lord, to bust loose. God. We want to take you out of the box.
want us to pray for you for filling. I just want to invite you to come and make a line across here facing me, across the front of here. Just tired. people out pray for people you want prayer face the front you're gonna help face the back start praying for people right now if y'all wouldn't pray Heavenly Father, we just come now and just pray, pour your spirit out now. Stir afresh, Lord, within us. Lord, just we wanting you, the overflow of you in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Rivers of joy, rivers of life to flow out of us. Come, Lord. Baptize people in the Holy Spirit now, Father, and do them with power to change lives. Come, Holy Spirit, come now. Woo! Yeah! Yeah, Lord!
Yeah. 